Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Hi everyone, it's Hannah here. My guest today is Cassandra Farron. Cassandra is an author, ghostwriter, mentor and Reiki master. Cassandra's mission is to create a new generation of heart-led authors who collectively make a difference in the world, one book at a time, which is just a fantastic mission. Welcome, Cassandra. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Hannah. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. How are you finding lockdown at the moment? I'm actually really good. Um, I've worked from home for many years now, so I'm, I'm quite used to working from home and I think sometimes you just have to let go of being able to control everything and just concentrate on the positives. So I've been making an effort to look after myself um, like mentally, but I'm as OK as I can be. Oh, that's good. It's a really unusual time, isn't it? And, uh, you know, juggling work and family life and everything else that's going on at the moment can be quite tricky. But I've spoken to a number of people who have kind of let their self-care go. And to be fair, I'm one of those. (laughs) um, Everything feels so urgent in terms of supporting the children and getting the work done and everything. But it can be really difficult to get the balance right. But if you're used to working from home, that's a tick in the right direction, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, definitely. And I I think I've gone the opposite way, actually, in making sure that I prioritise my self-care because otherwise I can't be calm for my children. And I think especially with what's going on at the moment, they need me more than ever to be a role model in demonstrating how to cope with with challenge and with change. So I need to put myself first and able to be the best mum that I can be and also the best business owner to support my clients as well. But So when we spoke before, you talked about you can be found relaxing by a beautiful lake or having a dance party in your kitchen. Are they some of your self-care things that you like to do? Yeah, and I've done both um, most days this week, actually. So I've not always had such a positive take on life. I've had, you know, I've had some very dark days in, in my life. And it's through these dark days that I've been forced to reassess how I look after myself and how I love myself ultimately. And I found just very simple coping mechanisms can make a really, really big change to how I feel about myself. So I this week have been out in my wellies and stood in a stream. I didn't actually have my children with me at the time. It was just me and the old me would have been like, oh my goodness, you're stood in a stream. Is anyone going to think you're crazy? But now I do what makes me feel good. And this is uh, one of my coping mechanisms to go for walks in, in nature. And I dance every morning. So another one of my coping mechanisms is to dance in my kitchen or in my lounge or I love to it. have my favourite playlist on and just dance like nobody's watching. Oh, that's fantastic. What are some of your favourite dancing songs? I actually like like the dance tunes from like the 90s. Amazing. Um, yeah, so no no sort of particular favourite. I have quite a few on my playlist that I just randomly play, but most of them are reliving my youth from when I used to actually be in sometimes hot pants, sometimes in a <laughs> small lycra <like> dress, <laughs> dancing in the clubs, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just because I loved it. I really love dancing, so... Yeah, I think it has a good beat. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I'm all for reliving clubbing youth. We do that a lot. The children often come home from school when they were still at school and asking for particular songs I'd never heard of. I'm I'm not cool enough to understand what this track is, but but here's some stuff that I like and we we have a family dance time. (laughs) So I just want to go back to your mission. When I read that, it really got to my core. It really resonated with me. And I think I've got 
so much more connected to my heart and listening to myself in terms of how I want to manage my mental health and the things I want to focus on in my life and what's important to me. So your mission is just fantastic. And it, is that something that's kind of been developed out of your own experiences? It has. I call myself an accidental author because this was never my dream. I was never one of those girls that dreamt of writing a book. I used to once be in the Navy and then I wanted to be a human resource manager. Then I wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, I ended up being a mortgage advisor. So nothing relating to writing whatsoever. And it wasn't until I was at a crossroads in my life, and perhaps your listeners can relate to that. I was at a crossroads in my life where nothing felt right. And I didn't know why. I just knew that I couldn't stay where I was. And it was quite a scary place to be. And this is when I sought some guidance from a coach. And she said to me, it's no wonder that nothing has ever worked out in your life. And it's time to do this on your own now. You were never meant to be under anyone else's umbrella. And I was on the phone to her thinking like, is this woman crazy? Because it sounds like she's suggesting I should set up my own business. And that's quite a daunting thought for many people. But the reason this seemed even more crazy is that I'd ended my marriage six months earlier. I was a single parent to two children. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any business experience. So why on earth would I be setting up my own business? But also in this phone call, she said to me, um, you're a lot more inspiring than, than you realise. And for your homework, I want you to go away and start writing everything that's happened in your life and everything will become apparent. Again, I'm still thinking that she's crazy and that I've wasted money and perhaps she has got me muddled up with another client. I don't know. But I did my homework. I thought, well, you know, I've paid the money. I'll do what she's telling me to do. So I went away that evening and just started writing. I did not even have a plan. I just started writing and then I cried my eyes out and again thought, how on earth is this helping? Because now I'm really sad. (laughs) But very long story short, the words that I wrote that evening then went on to be chapter one of my first book, The Girl Who Refused to Quit. So I carried on writing and then I ended up telling other people that I was writing. And then just everywhere I went, people were asking me about my story and they were like, you should write a book, you should write a book. And still in my head, I was like, well, who am I to become an author? Why would anyone find my story interesting? I'm just me. And I had all these doubts, but again, very long story short, I ended up uh, writing the book, publishing the book. And even then, I didn't realise the massive impact that this would have on improving my mental health. And it wasn't until a little while after that I realised that the events that I'd been writing about no longer caused that painful lump in my throat when I spoke about them. They no longer caused that tight knot in my stomach when I thought about the the past or the people that I was um, thinking about. And it it made me realise that I hadn't just written a book, I'd actually healed and made peace with my past. That's incredible. So this is why I am so passionate about empowering other people to access this gift that we all have. You don't need millions of qualifications. I don't have any degrees. I've never been on a writing course My last job prior to being a mortgage advisor was as a cleaner and I cleaned for five years. I turned up for my job interview as a cleaner and I almost didn't go in because my self-esteem and my confidence was that low. I didn't think that I was good enough to be the cleaner. So as long as you have a story, you know, you've been through something that where perhaps you've hit rock bottom in your life or you've come to a crossroads and it starts off just by having a knowing that you don't want to be where you are anymore. It starts off with that knowing and over time that grows and you start to think about, well, maybe I could just help one person. 
maybe I could just make a difference to someone else who's been through something similar. And I have now proved that this is possible, not only for myself, but for the other authors that I now mentor to share their story and make a difference to other people. And this is why I say that's my mission and one book at a time, one person at a time, you know, that's how change happens so I'm committed to creating a new generation of heart-led authors yes <laughs> that is that is so incredible and just l- looking back on that coach's advice now I mean wow she wasn't mad was she <laughs> That's, it's done wonders and and has found you exactly what what you needed in your life which is incredible I, I'm really grateful that she was quite vague with her advice because if she had said to me in five years time, you will be the author of five books, you will be ghostwriting, you will have your own publishing company, you will be mentoring other authors, you will be speaking at events. I would have ended the phone call and asked for my money back. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it, how that simple piece of homework, just kind of getting it all out onto a page, sparked off this amazing journey. And I really relate to that. You know, when I started writing after having a breakdown, I I set myself a challenge because I needed a bit of focus in my life to help me recover. And so I said, right, you're going to write every day for 100 days. It just... there's no structure just write what you're feeling what's going on you know when I started looking back a few months in I was like oh crikey you know I've 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 got some some key themes here and some things that I can see are helping me and sort of a formula started to sort of be created that I now kind of go back and use every time I feel like my mental health might be slipping or you know if I'm giving a friend advice you know we talk through my three R's formula and we're like well okay well have you taken time out to rest you know what what are your activities and and it's the power of just writing it on a page is just immense how do you go about writing your books So it depends what I'm writing. So with The Girl Who Refused to Quit, there was no plan because I didn't even know it was a book. I just, like you, just started and then I wrote and then I was like, oh, maybe this could be a book. With my second book, Rule Your World, so this, after I published my first book, I didn't expect that my life would just magically transform, but I didn't expect it to collapse again one year later and to be in a worse position than I was when I started writing my first book. But I use this as an opportunity to use every single self-help tool that I could think of not to crumble, not to collapse, not, not to go back into that dark place. And this is when I wanted to write a book and share what I had done because so many people saw the transformation in myself and like, oh my goodness, like, shouldn't you be, you know, sitting in a corner rocking? And some days I felt like sitting in a corner rocking, believe me, but I got up, I carried on and actually coped a lot better that time than the other times. So with Rule Your World, there was more structure because there were specific areas that I needed to share. It couldn't just be, it wasn't just story. There was more content to it. Um, but again, I keep things very simple and I just think, well, what's the first thing that the reader needs to know? Why Why does she need to know this? And then how can I share a real life example of what I've been through so she knows I'm not just, you know, reciting it out of a book that I've actually been there and I understand. So this is, I worked with a very, very simple formula of what's the first thing she needs to know? What's the second thing she needs to know? And the same with my third book, which is how to write a life changing book. I, again, just followed the order of what they need to know first and just keep going until they've got everything they need to be able to write the book. So in answer to your question, it depends whether it's a story or whether it's giving content, but always keep it simple. Always. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, if you try and complicate it too much, you lose the heart element of it, don't you? Because you're too busy thinking about the structure and what you need to do next. Definitely, yeah. 
the more you talk to people about what you've been through, the more you realise, I think, that actually everyone's going through stuff and, and everybody is keen to hear the things that have worked for you and, and anything they can possibly do to help themselves. Definitely, I completely agree. And I think the biggest mountain to climb, especially for heart-led authors, is the mountain in your head. And it's, it's overcoming the demons from your past where you still are holding on to the belief that you're not good enough. This is why when I work with authors, I don't allow them to write a single word until we have connected with their book on a deep, energetic level, connecting to the essence of their book. Who is their ideal reader? What do they need to know? Where are they in their lives? How do they feel now? How do they want to feel? And I have a set process that I get them to go through to make sure that their mission is ingrained in their heart and their soul. And that then carries them through the demons from their past anytime they pop up we go okay I want to hear your mission statement okay I want you to read your dedication and this is why I call them heart-led authors because everything is generated from their heart and when you get that right you will power through all of your demons because you're actually writing for a bigger purpose than yourself and your own ego if I'm completely honest it's not about you it's not about you and if you can overcome that and realize that you are doing this to make a difference to somebody else and that someone needs to hear your message now not when you're ready, not when you feel like it, they need it now. Someone right now is going through exactly what you went through and you have got the answers. You've got the answers because you are where you are in your life right now and that is exactly where they want to be. So whenever I've had doubts, I actually flip it back to myself and I say, actually, it's selfish of me not to do this. That's incredible. And that just gave me goosebumps. It's no wonder you've written so many fantastic books and inspired so many authors because, wow, that was just amazing. Thank you. And it's, and believe me, like, I think some people, they might, I don't know, perhaps they'll get the wrong impression and think, oh, she's just one of those confident girls that's, you know, there's always just been, you know, really confident. You know, if I went to a school reunion, I don't think many people would remember me. I was, I was not a little Miss Popular at school. I was not a little Miss Clever. I was just the average girl that just fitted in. But I think it's when I started to get reviews from my first book and people were saying to me, your book has changed my life. Wow. And I was, again, someone wrote to me and said, I've read it four times. And I was like, why? (laughs) 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 But what I realized is that people loved it so much because I'm real and I'm raw and I'm relatable. Actually, you know, people, there's incredible gurus in the world that I look up to you know that I go to you know pay to go to their events but people want to feel understood and they want to feel that yeah that someone understands what what they're going through and this is the power of not waiting until everything is perfect don't wait until you get to your happy ever after because where you are exactly where you are now is where your ideal reader wants to be in in her life yeah sharing that vulnerability like Brene Brown says gives people the opportunity to connect with you in a way that you can't connect to those people who are Instagram perfect because they just don't seem real so by sharing that raw vulnerability really allows people to get on board with what you're saying and and really connect with your key messages definitely and the more that I'm working with with authors this is the message that's coming through time and time again and in fact one of my ghostwriting clients at the moment I shared the first chapter of his book with with a lady and her feedback was I love this so much because he's not Tony Robbins yeah so much because he's not Tony Robbins everyone like you know most people have a great amount of respect for Tony Robbins but they were like no this is someone who has been there got the t-shirt recently you know within the last few years his world collapsed and he's built it back up yeah people are craving for real relatable stories 
Yeah, definitely. Certainly in times like this, when the world seems to have gone upside down, you know, the more real relatable stories that you have access to, the more helpful it's going to be when you're desperately searching to kind of reorientate yourself in what the new normal is. Exactly. The new normal. Yes. So is that why you started a publishing company then so that you could build on what you were sharing and share other people's stories as well? So when I published my first book, I set up Welford Publishing just to publish my own books. And it was two years ago that I started mentoring other authors. But at that time, I was just offering the support to write their book, not to publish their book. But as my business has grown and evolved, I've recognised that if people are going to write their book, they also want to publish their book. It's it's just yeah. an extension of the service that I was already offering so that I can say to them from the beginning, I can take you from having an idea in your head to having a published book wow. in your hand. That's incredible, isn't it? And just being able to have that connection with someone that you do when you mentor them, you know, and, and see them through that journey. I mean, that's some really strong relationships you're building there. <laughs> it is. And I, I have branded tissues now and people uh, laugh at me for having branded tissues. That's such a good idea. <laughs> but it, it's imperative because on nearly every mentoring call that I have, either they cry or I cry or we both cry because I can't work with someone if they don't open up and let me in. And I say to them, you're not just writing a book. You're, you are healing trapped emotions from the past. You're breaking the shame cycle because so many people feel ashamed of what they've been through and through writing about it we're breaking those cycles we're freeing them from destructive patterns that they've been going round and round in I say to them it's positive I see it's energy in motion emotion so if you cry I always just hold space and say it's okay like I'm I'm here just you know just take your time this is good and the interesting thing is when I've cried when I'm writing as I as I do quite often If I cry when I'm writing a certain paragraph, that is the same paragraph where my reader cries. Wow, that's a really interesting pattern, isn't it? Mm. And I didn't realise this at first. You know, that people say, don't they, it's the emotion that people remember. Whether you've been to listen to to a motivational talk or read a book, you know, we don't, as humans, we don't remember every single particle of information that we are given, but we remember the emotion that we felt. So this is why if I'm working with someone, I say to them, you can't hold back. You can't. You've got to go all in, vulnerable, bear your soul. I suppose there's a tendency to perhaps write in the same way that we might present ourselves to the world, feeling like we have to put on the face and, and, and be fine and pretend that everything is going swimmingly when clearly it might not be because nobody's life is like that all of the time. And that's a really important point to remember, isn't it? That actually, yeah, OK, sometimes everything is going great and that's fine. You know, share that, write about that. Brilliant. Everyone needs to know that there's pockets of hope. But also don't be afraid to share that raw stuff, the stuff that's not going so well, because that's when other people can understand that their life is okay. You know, it's all right for them to be going through tough times because we all do. Definitely. And I think that there is a bit of a a misconception with some authors that I'm sure, you know, we've all read books where at the beginning they they introduce the author and they're like, the author has three different houses in three different cities (laughs) spends their time between the city apartment and the country apartment and you know they're happily married and have three dogs and two cats and goldfish and they've got 12 different degrees and they lecture in this university and I've read books like that and I just think oh I don't think you get me I don't I might have misjudged but 
I don't think you get me I don't think you understand me I don't think you can relate to me yeah absolutely it's it's that kind of Instagram picture isn't it I I don't need someone to have that perfect life in inverted commas because that's not real to me and if someone is only presenting to me that side of themselves I judged quite quickly which is probably not always the right thing to do but but I judge that actually you've got nothing to offer me because you haven't been where I've been. You haven't been down at the bottom and below, you know. So so how on earth can your book help me? I think that's really important that we give our whole selves in the picture. Definitely. The hardest book that I've written is the book about my mum having dementia. So my mum has advanced dementia and I wrote a book called I've Lost My Mum to Share Our Journey. And there's definitely no happy ever after in that book. I don't have anyone that that's read it and not cried. So that was quite challenging for me. Like all my other books are uplifting. They're empowering. They give people hope. And then this one is very, very tragic, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. So should I be sharing this with people? You know, this was the question that I was having before I started writing. But actually the feedback that I've had is everyone has just said to me, thank you, because now I don't feel alone. Yeah, exactly. What you need is someone to be vulnerable and say, yeah, do you know, it's really shit. And, it, you know, this is this is how I've coped with it. This is what's going on for me. It's like a hug, isn't it? It's like a hug in a book to say, I'm here. I know how you feel. And we're going to get through this together. Definitely. And just to know that it's okay to express your feelings without judgment of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Going off on a tangent, but I really, really want to know more about how you discovered Reiki and and how you've become a Reiki master. So that was when my life had collapsed twice. And one of my friends, she, her dad passed away at the same time. And she came to my house and she said, oh, I'll be around at, at this time. I'm going for a massage. And after she, when she came to my house, she said, oh, I didn't have the massage. She said, I had this thing called Reiki. She said, I don't really understand it, but I feel so much better. I feel like a weight has been lifted off me. It's really good if you're stressed, you know, you should go. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. So I booked myself in for Reiki, not really knowing what it was. So I laid on a, like a massage couch, a fully clothed, and the lady asked you to shut your eyes. And then she puts her hands in different positions over your head, your shoulders. And my friend was right. I started to feel this warmth and my eyes were shut. And I'm like, she got a candle because really warm. Then I open my eyes and it's her hands. And I'm like, oh my God, warmth is coming out of her hands. So I just went with the flow. And then after about 10 minutes, I started crying. And I'm like, what's going on? Have I got something in my eye? Am I crying? I don't feel sad. Are they my tears? Yes, they are. You know, you're having this whole conversation in my head. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, just go with just go with the flow like you have some tears and then afterwards the lady said to me like I'm not here to analyze anything but it seemed that you had some emotional healing to release and I was like well yeah but how did my body know this like I had no idea about the body mind connection at this point but afterwards I did feel like a layer had been released from me so I booked another session I went back and again the second the second time I felt quite emotional but I just felt like the colors in the world were a little bit brighter like the pain in my heart was a little bit softer it intrigued me to find out more because I knew that you can't just make this feeling up if you could surely everyone would be doing it so I then um, bought the book called Reiki for Life by the time I'd finished reading it I decided that I wanted to become a practitioner but not for anyone else, because I didn't have the confidence to do that. Just for me, just for my family. That was it. So that was the beginning of my journey. 
Um, so again, very long story short, I ended up, I was working as a cleaner at the time, but I ended up volunteering for a cancer charity. And I actually worked there for 18 months helping people with cancer. And that was now nearly 15 years ago that this all started. And it's just become part of my life now. It's part of my own coping mechanism. It's part of my toolbox of healing trapped emotions from the past and releasing emotions. So again, like the writing, I felt that I would be selfish not to help other people to to do this, which is why I went to progress to be a Reiki master. So I don't train other Reiki practitioners, but I, I can now do I can do treatments on on other people as well. Wow. I mean, that sounds incredible. I've only tried Reiki once and it just seemed such an odd concept to me. Like, how does this work? But I totally get the mind-body connection. I definitely hold my emotions in my body and I can feel when things aren't right. And it just, you know, it can snowball, can't it? So that you actually end up feeling physically quite unwell or in pain when actually it's an emotional trauma that needs to heal. You know, Reiki is like spiritual Wi-Fi. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's the... Just write that down. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is a great strapline for any future Reiki practice. <laughs> I love it. Probably a fantastic point to ask my final question. So this is something I ask everybody. When you realise that your life isn't perhaps in the right place or not quite where you want it to be, it might feel really overwhelming to change everything. So I'd like to ask you what your change one thing is. If someone could only change one thing right now, what would you suggest? I think to write your feelings down, not with the intention of writing a book, but just to get the words out of your head, I think. For me, I feel very overwhelmed when I'm having conversations with myself over and over. And sometimes arguments with myself, sometimes conversations, I'm sometimes swearing at myself. But when it's stuck in my head, it feels really overwhelming. And even now, I will sometimes just take myself off to a lake with a journal and I will just rant, get it all out. You know, there'll be swearing in there. There will be nothing will be punctuated. It does not matter. It might be a situation that's triggered something or it might be somebody from from my past that I feel like I need to have a conversation with them but written down if that makes sense so I think I would suggest to have a journal just to get it out on paper you don't even have to read it back and if this can help you just to get through that next hour then you can get through the next day then you can get through the next week that's really really good advice thank you so so much I could probably talk to you all day about all of the different ways in which you are healing people because it's just fantastic but thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate it thank you thank you Hannah thank you so much for listening today please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us see you next time